American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purvis, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's going on? We back, baby, another week. Another one. I think this is episode like 15 of the season so far, so we deep into it. The AFF podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast. The American Football and Finland podcast is now available on more than 30 different platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. It's first down. We get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. Coach Q, what's up with you, man? Well, hey, I'm chilling, man. It's summertime. I've been watching the ELF, and I am flabbergasted at what's going on out there. Boy, I tell you. Talk about it. Talk about it. We got a little time. Talk hey, about it. I, I, you know, I just be checking in on the games and trying to see what's going on out there. But uh, the rain fire right now, I, I think it be anybody in, in Europe, period. Any team in Europe, period, they could be. They out there. They are out there looking like the old school of uh, Schwabish Hall unicorns or New York yeah, Lions, Swarco yeah, Raiders boy. of like 2016, Man. 2015 years. Bro, they got they got receivers on their team that's just averaging like three touchdowns a game now, three four touchdowns a game. Like not even like Robitaille. Like I, I don't even think I even heard Robitaille named that much this game. And then the other receivers went off. Like I was like, bro, the rain fire is looking. They making everybody else look like. We got we got to step it up in the league as a whole. So, but anyway, yeah, I was just watching. That. I'm like, man, they they balling, man. Rainfire balling. Yeah, that's all I want to say, man. Because I'm just I, I I've been watching highlights like all morning. Yeah. So I, I just I say, man, is anybody gonna do anything with them? But I guess not. We gonna see. We gonna see hey, though. It get like that sometimes, though, don't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that there's a lot of blowouts in ELF this season, and looking by the yeah. scores, there there have been, but. In year three, it's one of them situations where, you know, the cream rises to the top. You know, mm-hmm. teams are going to start separating themselves, and it's going to be by much more now. Because some of these teams have, you know, been doing it long enough. I mean, you, like, when you bring in teams like, uh, you know, Vienna and Swarco, they came in last year. They was two of the top two teams. And then this year, they're just getting even better at what they're doing. Ugh. I feel bad for those outlier teams. Uh, what Leipzig might Helvetic, not even have a team anymore. Helvetic guards or whoever. Helvetic like, guards. They've been like it's hard that that you know obviously that first year it's looking yeah. like it's going to be a you know a struggle because you just kind of getting in the rhythm of of uh, having a team. You're trying to build a fan base if you don't have one already. But like looking at Rainfire, looking at Hamburg, looking at uh, uh, the Poland team, like. They already had these fans anyway before. Yeah, they already so established. Like, it's like now the games are more comfortable. They feel hype. Like, like I don't see any. But I'm saying rain fires because I just watched the uh, highlights like recently. But um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy out there, man. Like you said, lights kings. Um, that that's that's a crazy situation, you know. But especially because they're a German yeah. team. Like yeah, when, yeah. yeah, Istanbul decided to pull out. Like you know, they're in Turkey. Their market isn't really going to watch all these German teams, but Leipzig, you thought you thought okay, all of the German teams are going to be okay, like they all going to yeah. make it. It's the other markets that you're like, well, they might not have enough fan base. 
So that's crazy that they're having their situations. Obviously, it's a management because they changed management. And, you know, we won't get too much into that. But, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We, we got our finger on the pulse out there in Europe, you know. Yeah, we're paying attention. We're paying attention now. Yeah. 2024, you know, American football oh. in Europe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh. In the world, Craig. In the world. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> American football worldwide. You know, worldwide, wide, wide, yeah. wide. But uh, I think I think we used up our first down on that, and that's fine because I didn't do anything this weekend. So, <laughs> so the players of the week have been announced on social media channels earlier in the week. But of course, we want to explain our pip, picks in depth outside of the stats. So first up, we get into the offensive player of the week, number eight, Alpha Jallo, wide receiver of the Wasser Royals. Stat-wise, he was everything you needed. 11 receptions, 219 yards, one touchdown, and he had 285 all-purpose yards. Now, for me, if anybody's anybody, you know, I love me some Jallo juice. That's my guy. But it's always hard to, you know, put him up as one of the players of the week because you expect it. I think we kind of shortchange him almost every week because, like, yeah, we expect him to be great. But any receiver putting up 200 yards, you, you got to get a man his flowers. And it was another mm-hmm. game where even though that his team didn't come away with the W, Alpha Jallo did everything humanly possible to help that team win. You know, he wasn't able to score as many touchdowns as you would like, but a lot of it wasn't really on him. When he had opportunities, mm-hmm. he made big plays. Even in the return game, he gave them some some highlight plays and gave them some better field position. And it was one of those games where we all know why they lost. But we do know that if they would have won, this is the reason they would have won. It would have been because of what number eight did on the field. How did you think about his game this week? All right, like you said, we expect certain things from Alpha. And if he do, if he do it, then it's like, oh, yeah, this is what I knew was going to happen. If he don't do it, then you feel like something wrong. I feel like he's just getting – they're getting the short end of the stick of, as a team. But as far as him, he's doing – as much as you want a receiver to do on your team, you know what I mean? And going to help and playing on defense too. But he's definitely, uh, you know, dynamic. He balled out in the game. Like, he gave him a chance. You know what I'm saying? You can only like, – like, a man can only do so much, obviously. But he had, but he has to be Superman every week pretty much. And even if he was Superman this week, it still wouldn't have been enough, you know what I mean, to, to, to get him over like they need to be. But – and you know it's just crazy because I'm just listening to you. I I totally forgot he also played defense the whole game. He yeah, safety. Yeah, played defense. Game. Yeah. Just, so. just imagine how much like conditioning you have to be in. First of all, to get 200 yards receiving. Yeah. Then it's 285 if you count his returns, and also yeah. he's lined up at safety. Now I don't know how. I mean, obviously he wasn't too active at safety, but again, they they didn't their passing defense didn't give up a lot either. So that yeah. could be credit towards him. But I can only imagine how many miles this guy is running every game. And I don't know how they're going to keep that all year and him stay healthy. All year. This next it, week. They got all these games. <laughs> in four games. days. Yeah. He, got, he got four days of the last game to, to rest, recover. Yeah. And then they got, I think, another five days before they play again. Oh, gosh. But before, before we move on to the next player of the week, just want to throw this out here. Right now, Best wide receiver in the Maple League. Is it Alpha Jallo? <laughs> the best right now? No, no. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Let's say, okay, because I feel like we say the best, we're going to start thinking, well, some people might be a little more talented. Let's just say most productive receiver right now. 
for anybody's team, like the most number one receiver, the receiver that has done the most for his team at the number one receiver spot. Mm. Like that's that. I don't think there's anybody else in the league that has done as much from that that position. Yeah, maybe maybe not as much. Not not as much. His impact is is bigger also too. Yeah. I think you you can name other names of receivers that's that's balling and that's showing up every game. Yeah, but the, it, it depends on who they're playing. You know what I mean? Alpha yeah, him, it doesn't do matter, his. right? Yeah, he's gonna do this against everybody <laughs> yeah. for the most part. You know what I mean? Like I, I I've seen some other names and, and not taking away from what they're doing, but I know and you know if they go against a, 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 I mean a really really good cornerback, they're probably not even gonna have a catch. You know what I mean? So or or maybe one or two, but they're not having no. 150 yard games, 200 yard games. Alfie's going to do this no matter who he lines up against. Uh, he's going to have some type of effect in the past game. So yeah, I think he's the most consistent receiver. Yeah, yeah, like that makes art. That makes him number one. You know, kind of like a uh, what am I thinking? Like Jamar Chase type. Yeah, like Jamar Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase played on the Bengals with better receivers to help him out, but he's still like Jamar Chase. And he doesn't have to play defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old thing. Like we would get a, we would be getting five touchdown alpha if he didn't have to play defense. Like, yeah, gosh, that's just crazy. But okay, moving on. We're already we just enjoy the show so much. But let's go to the defensive player. We actually come from the same game, but on the other side of the ball, um, Achilles Leroy, linebacker for Corpion Steelers. I think he would be the first player to get two player of the weeks this season, and we're only mm. in week. What seven, I think. So that's pretty good. Stat wise, Achilles had eight and a half tackles and one PBU. I don't care what you what you tell me, these stats is wrong. <laughs> I, I seen him, I seen him make at least <laughs> two sacks. I seen him make at least two sacks. And if not sacks, tackles for loss. Yeah. So I don't know why the stats say he didn't do that, but we watched the game. I mean, you watched the game, everyone's seen the game. He was everywhere. One thing that I wrote down on my notes for him was, as a linebacker, Achilles gave you everything you want from a linebacker, like the overall experience. He he passed rush the quarterback. That's how he got his PBU. That wasn't in, in coverage. Yeah. He ran up on a quarterback, threw his hands up, and stopped the pass from going to open receiver. He got he got um, help in the run game. He made he had eight and a half tackles. He probably had close to like twelve. They had stats right because he was everywhere yeah. making all those tackles. But also they probably was giving them halves. Yeah, they probably was giving yeah. them halves. Matter of fact, but and then in, even in the um, pass game, you know he was in coverage a lot of times. And some of those tackles came on. You know, someone would catch it going across, and he'd be right there behind him because he's in coverage. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have more any other PBUs, but there were some plays that he disrupted by being in coverage, getting to the right spot and making tackles and stuff down the field. And it just his overall pursuit, catching them, making tackles that ran away from him. The ball goes to the left. He's on the right, yet he somehow makes the tackle just pursuing the ball with pure speed, mm -hmm. athleticism, and effort. Everything you want from a linebacker. That's what he did. He could have been a middle linebacker. He could have been an outside linebacker. He could have been an edge rusher. Whatever you need, he gave it to you mm -hmm. all in one package in one game. And that just really stood out to me that he's able to do that because that's very difficult. Mm -hmm. If you watch a lot of these games here in the Maple League, linebacker position, a lot of times you kind of tell what a guy does. 
Oh, he's a guy yeah. that wants to be a run stopper. Oh, he's a guy that you got in coverage. Or he's a guy that you just blitz off the edge. He's really just an extra lineman. Accused mm-hmm. can do it all. And they mix him up with Quopio. Quopio's defense coordinator does a great job of putting him in different positions so they can make plays. And then this week, it, it was enough. I, I'll talk about that later in the game, but it was enough <laughs> for him to win. What did, what did you think about Leroy this in this week? Uh, Achilles, man, he, he he shows up every game. You can tell he's the leader of defense. He's always uh, around the ball. He's always showing some some energy. You know, he's making plays. And um, Corpio actually does a great job of, of of bringing in linebackers like that, even from back from yeah. Maurice Wright. Like you know, he he was one of the top linebackers in the Maple League now in Europe. But um, they do a great job of picking guys that fit their style of football. I think Coach Pecker knows that he he wants a linebacker like that who's, yeah. who who knows where everybody's supposed to be, who's vocal, and Achilles shows up. And and I know I'm pretty sure this is he he probably had to slow down. His thinking and reading process, because I know when people have high motors like that, you tend to like overplay stuff and stuff. But but he has control over it. Um, you can see that he just knows where he's supposed to be all the time, and then he, you know, just making he's letting his instincts kick in after that. So he's making those plays, man. He 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 definitely uh deserve it. And of course, while Q was talking, I went to go look up the stats because of what you said about the solo. He had eight and a half tackles. He had eight solos. <laughs> I knew it. Just, I'm just, That's I'm just saying, like, That's hard to do. That is, yeah, that is very hard That's to hard do. To he do. had eight <laughs> solos, and I want to say last time he won like Player of the Week, we like talked about how many solos he had. And I don't care how good you are at football, how hard you think football is. It take a man to make solo tackles. Yeah, you got to be born for that, boy. Yeah, solo tackles usually happen in space. Because if there's a, a pileup, you get a half, right? You get an assist. Yeah. Somebody else got mm-hmm. in there. If you make a solo tackle, that's just mano e mano. And no matter what position you play on defense, you're never in a good position to make a solo tackle. You never yeah. want to be in space. That's, that's how you know the good tackles, man. That's holding the conversation right there. But that's how you know good. That's how you know good football players. They can control their body enough to where even if they off off balance or anything, they still find a way to grab on and to get you down. He's just one of those guys, man. You got to be born with that, man. You got to want it. Like, you got to yeah, be born As a matter of fact, when you talk about the way he tackled, last thing I'm going to say about it, and I'm going to get on, but I see, you know, I remember watching the game and him tackling Alpha one time. That's not easy to do. And mm. he legitimately had Alpha by the shirt on his, like, jersey, and he just pulled. <laughs> pulled him and, down. <laughs> yeah, I know that. It's not a sexy tackle, but it could have been a, a touchdown-saving tackle. You know, hey, we, it, it happens. It happens most, like I said, most linebackers like that. I remember because I, I seen and I just remember being in that position. And yeah. I'm like, you, you're you're just so active that you're gonna like good players are going to get you, but you just find a way to like find a way. All right, grab him. You know what I mean? I grab yeah. him and I'm gonna hold on to my and, and use my body weight and everything like to get him down. And that's what you're just trying to do. But that's the kind of guy you want. You know, that linebacker man, he's gonna sell out. So yeah. Definitely. Good job to uh, Achilles Leroy, Defense Player of the Week. Okay, let's talk about some of the key player performances from the week in case you missed it. You know, later on in the show, we're going to talk a lot about the players and the games, but these are some guys that stood out that we got to talk about. First up, excuse me, sorry. Let's go into that first game. 
And I'm going to keep talking about him. <laughs> Number seven, <laughs> Christian Nautinen, wide receiver from the Fort Root Butchers. My guy had five receptions, 150 yards, two touchdowns. I, I don't want to – I'm not going to put Q on the spot no more saying who's the best receivers and whatnot. But <laughs> – but <laughs> – because we all know there's a couple of names that float out there, but this is a name we got to get on the list. Christian Nottenen, and not to take away from, you know, Miko Seppin is doing his thing. And I feel like every time I say Christian Nottenen, I have to say Miko Seppin. I don't want y'all to think that I just don't like Miko. I, like my, Miko is balling. <laughs> but Nottenen is putting up five catches, 100 yards almost every week. <laughs> like, that, that's tough. And I don't care about the touchdowns. I care about the production because when he catches the ball, he moves the sticks. And he doesn't get garbage yards. When he gets mm-hmm. yards, it's game-changing or it helps his team. Like, it's always impactful. And even when it comes like, touchdowns, most of his touchdowns are, you know, from 20, 30 yards out. He has to run a deep post or something like that. He doesn't. When they get to the red zone, he's not really a target. So he has to do his work from large distances – and he keep doing it. And, and I mean, it's just the you boy have to resp- <laughs> And I don't care. I know they played the Wolverines. That ain't saying much. Who can do that? Blase, blase. But you still got to play the game. Not everybody getting stats on everybody. He getting stats on everybody. And Wolverines just another team he got stats on. And this was a game where he he did really good of kind of making more out of what he had. I think he had a, a shallow route that he took for like 20, 30 one time. That's a, that's a five-yard route. He caught it and it took off, showing his speed. And I think he caught like a hitch and broke the tackle of that like 12-year-old trying to tackle him at cornerback. I mean, they ain't saying much, but then he had to ride out for like another 30-40. So he has that like game-breaking speed and just mm-hmm. him making plays all game. And again, only five receptions, but 150 yards. And he had two tubs too. That I mean, them all-star type numbers – just want to throw it out there. Y'all need to put some respect. <laughs> and crazy thing is, yeah. I can keep talking about him every week because he gonna keep putting up these stats. They got to. He 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 definitely uh break out. I I guess you could say it's a breakout season for him. Yeah, I guess you could say that. You know, he he uh, he's being underestimated and he's taking advantage of it. And yeah. I and 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 once you get that confidence in the team that they have. That's what you get. You get somebody that show up and just make plays every week, and he might not be the best route runner or whatever, but when he get the ball in his hand, he got heart, and he got drive, and he got a motor, and if you're not ready to tackle him, he'll run through it. So <laughs> he making people respect him. That's what you want to do. You want to yeah. make people respect you. So, hey, good, good, good for him. I love his game. Uh, another guy I want to shout out, and this guy, okay, th- stat-wise, this ain't going to seem like a lot to people, but I want you to – be conscious of the situation. Um, running back from the Helsinki Wolverines, number, I think it's 33, is that? Sebastian mm-hmm. Lagoria. He had 14 attempts, 58 yards, one touchdown. He had a four-yard average in this game. The reason I'm throwing this out here, guys, is you have to realize how difficult it is to be successful on the Wolverines team right now. Mm-hmm. And this, this younger running back is put in a position where – he has to fight and run for his life most of the time. In this game, and Q, you really harped on it when we were talking about it in the group chat, is he ran hard yeah. against a team where, honestly, I didn't think they were going to be able to have that kind of success in the run game they did against the, the Butchers. 
but it had a lot to do with the way that Lagora ran. And just wanted to give him his flowers this week that we see you out there, you know, pushing young man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, like we said, we were talking about it when I was watching the game, and I just said, you know, he got heart, man. He run hard. Um, may not be the just craziest athletic person, but he got heart. And when you got heart, you got a motor, man, it's going to pay off. And it may not pay off in the, the way of scoring four touchdowns or running for 300 yards or something like that. But in a game like this, when your team is losing week to week to week, it kind of gives you something to look, to look forward to, to kind of say, hey, man, like, you find the smallest battles to win during yeah. the game. It ain't even necessarily about the other teams um, at a point it is, but it's more so about your team and you guys trying to be better in spite of how your season is going. And I think with him running like that, it shows you that he cares. And that's what you want. And then everybody else on the team will feed off that and say, hey, you know, he cares. He look how hard he's running for us. Like, I got to do the same thing. When I go out on the field, I got to do the same thing. And, um, yeah, shout out to him, though, man, because I know how hard it is. I've been on a losing team before, 0-10 my freshman year in high school. Like, I've been there. So I know, like, week after week, it don't get any easier. You know what I'm saying? But you got to find those, those little battles to win to, like, look forward to every week. So, all right, I'm going to get seven titles this week. Well, I'm going to get this this week. So shout out to him anyway. Yeah, and you got to think about how impactful that is on that on that team. Mm. Lagora scored a touchdown. That's six points. They have 34 points on the season. <laughs> that's almost 20% mm. of their offense output on that one game for him. So mm. that's something to, you know, build on and be excited about for them. You know, at this point, it is what it is with the Wolverines. You got to, you know, take, like you said, small victories, better than none. Mm. Next guy I got on here, I got another running back, matter of fact. Ville Hamalainen, running back from Helsinki mm. Roosters. Ville uh, mm. had 21 attempts, 192 yards with two tubs. He was averaging nine. Point, yeah, he was averaging <laughs> 9.1 yards per carry. Just want to throw his name out there so people realize that the, the Roosters, they got something back there. Between him and UC, and of course, this week is not really about UC, but we talked about him earlier in the season. They they have a legitimate, you know, running yeah, back stable. Room. Yeah, they got a stable. Yeah. And Villa's game this week just showed that you know it's not a one guy thing. I think earlier in the season we kind of thought, okay, I guess UC's the runner, the runner of the group. But Villa mm. showed that yeah, he can he can move. He's a little bit more of a tougher runner, but averaging nine yards to carry. It shows he, he had a couple breakout <laughs> runs. He can tote that pill, and he looked really good. I personally was proud to see him because I know he's a, a originally a, a Kotka guy, one of them Kotka Eagle guys, both him and UC. You know, mm-hmm. and we know how that worked out for the Eagles trying to play in the Maple League. But getting into a place where you can actually get support from your offensive line, the Roosters' offensive line was very good in this game, and you saw what he mm-hmm. did with it. And just wanted to give a shout out to Ville that hey man, we see you out there working and grinding. Go Roosters, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did his thing. No, he did his thing. I was just saying he he definitely did his thing. Uh he 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 kinda took over the game in a way, you know, and and when the Roosters got back up. It was a lot yeah. of it because of him. That's what they needed. Obviously they need to come out. They came out and ran the ball and, and he was a big part of that. But he's definitely a guy that I think a young guy that just kinda like, hey, you know, 
this 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 is this gonna be something right here if we keep it together. You know, you got three they got at least three running backs right now that can play every game. Yeah. One hurt, one is hurt. Yeah, one, the other one two hurt. definitely got hurt. No, but if he but if but if he's healthy, all three of them can play every game. Easy. Yeah. Um, I think the, the yeah. hardest part for the, the Roosters is, you know, trying to figure out who has the hot hand and who's gonna work most effectively against who they're playing. I think the hardest other part is to figure out which one of them going to play quarterback, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation. Okay, so next guy I got on here. I'm still on the Roosters, obviously. Um, wide receiver for the Roosters, new guy, Danny Kittner, had four receptions, 176 yards, one touchdown, had 272 all-purpose yards. He was a returner as well. It's, it's kind of bittersweet because I feel like he really burst on the scene in this game and did a great job. And I'm just going to say it. You got to look out for the stats and, and watch out. I think he's number 13 because he, he's a really good player, dynamic for them, but didn't, I mean, pretty much the same player. <laughs> you got you, not, no, not the same player. You got almost, they got, they got rid of a receiver and brought in another receiver who could, do about the same, but this guy got more, you know, he got more action. Just from yeah. what I saw from the team, he got more chances to show what he can do. And maybe that maybe that's because he's better. I don't know. But obviously it wasn't enough to help them win the game per se. But I do want to, you know, try to stay objective and say, welcome to the Maple League, Danny Kidner. You balled out. You're going to be one of the best in the league. That's easy to see from day one. Like that's no like it's just easy to see. He's gonna be one of the best receivers in the league. He showed it in this game. He got open deep a lot, which is what I really like. And it wasn't close. Like it wasn't like I mean, he did have that one catch where he had the Moss Andy Vetta. That was nice. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. But he made uh, some the, he made some plays. He yeah, he made a lot of plays. He made some plays. Uh, but like you said, I I I don't understand if they would have won the game. It might would have looked better, and I'd have been like, "Okay, well, yeah, he kind of he made some, you know, some great catches in this game for y'all to get over the hump." But like, it was like, it wasn't his fault necessarily that they didn't win. You know what I mean? I think he he showed up. It takes some time to get some chemistry with the quarterback and all that stuff. Um, but he he made the plays when he needed to, yeah. for the most part. You know what I mean? And that's what you want. So yeah, he definitely showed up, and and I think he showed the Roosters fan what he can do. I'm just not sure if it's too late or not. Yeah, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's bittersweet because as a player, yeah, legitimately, he jumps off the board. He's one. Of, he looks like he's going to be one of the top, you know, receivers in the league for the rest of the second half. We're going to be talking about him every week. But yeah. as a team, it's kind of where we already were with the last guy. But okay, yeah, it's like it's like that in that part of it is. I I, I wish I could talk to somebody. Nah, it don't even matter. I wish I could talk to somebody and, and try to fill out. Feel, feel out why did they change from a receiver to a receiver. Yeah. I'm, I'm not understanding that part because even watching the film in the other games, uh, yeah, Dumay, we seen what he was capable of, but you guys didn't focus on him getting the ball yeah. on the regular like that. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like y'all, they felt like he wasn't the, the, the type for the, for the thing, but it wasn't even that. It's like you got to find ways to get the ball. But then you go get another receiver and you still lose. <laughs> That's, so yeah, the end out, result is the issue, right? Yeah, it's like it's like I'm trying to figure out why was that the decision? Why wasn't so so you mean to tell me that everybody sat in the room and said, 
this is what we need to change. <laughs> so, so and, and I and I and I'm saying I know I see the coaches that you got over there, and I know that it was more so probably like a yes sir situation. Like they, they thought it was somebody thought it was a good idea that we change receivers, and and everybody else in the room was probably like, I don't think we need to change receivers. But they probably just didn't say anything or whatever it was. Maybe they agreed. I don't know. But I don't. I think they made the wrong change because it's easy to make a decision like that because you say, all right, well, he's a little more skilled or he's a little more or whatever. But they're basically the same type of receivers. They yeah. literally did the split image of each other, probably. But I don't know. I don't know the reason. But now I know one thing: they're four losses in, <laughs> and and your, your quarterback just might be colorblind. I don't know. Let's go. Let's go. I will lead the Roosters with this. Well, instead of us saying get the ball to Pierce Dumay, now we're going to say get the ball to Danny Kittner. There you go. That's what we're going to say every week from now on. There you go. Um, I still got two more guys on this. I'm going to go through them quick. Uh, one guy that stood out this week, uh, defensive back from Copio Steelers, Lars Steffen, the, the safety. He Stat-wise, he had five tackles, a PBU, and two interceptions. He has a really timely interceptions for the Steelers. He had that first pick early in the game that kind of stopped the stopped the pass that would have been a score in the red zone. So it was a really good pick for him. And then later in the game, I think he had the final one that kind of sealed the game for them, either that one or the one before. But also he had, he had a PBU that should have been a pick. He should have had three picks in this game. And the PBU went right through his hands. And it would have been another, like um, – score changing interception. I think he was in his own end zone when he uh hit that one. Just number 27, being in the right place at the right time. And he's been doing this kind of all season. And this game was kind of a, a culmination of it is he actually he got a couple of picks out of it, getting the stats up there. But he's been looking real good for this team since joining last year. So just Ooh. throwing them out to Lars Stefan. Last guy I want to talk about defense alignment Wassa Royals, DeMarco, DeMarco Artis. This guy, and it's, it's kind of laughable when I look at the stats and then I realize that we didn't give him defensive player of the week. But it, it's more, again, off of eye, eye performance and just stats. But stat-wise, he had five and a half tackles, four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. <laughs> and and you, if you know anything about playing against the Royals, you double number 30, 33. You block him you with to. your you block him with your tackle and your running back chips. Like that's just how you gotta do it. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's how you block him. If he is still able to get to the quarterback, you in trouble. And uh mm-hmm. they saw that. They saw that in this game that you were in trouble. Um, I think what they did really well when it comes to the Royals in this game, going against the, the Steelers, like offensive line is they found a way early in the game he was on the the right side and they switched him to the left side and they did that in the second half and that's when he got a lot of his like stat stats because in the first half he was getting pressure but he wasn't getting home because the Steelers have a good left tackle like it is what it is when you go you know a against a it's hard to be successful every time he was getting there, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting there nearly as fast as he could if he went to the other side of the field. They flipped him on the left side, and he started having a field day out there on that right tackle. Now, I ain't going to say what the right tackle is. I don't know who it is. But he he wasn't the one to, to stop DeMarco Artis. That's for damn sure. Sorry about my language. <laughs> but, uh, when he got on that left side. It was, wasn't. 
I, I don't know. I, I can't remember because in, in my notes, I didn't. I don't even have anybody on the right side of the Steelers line as a viable like top oh, player. Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know it's cream cheese on that side of the line from everything I yeah. see. Their center, left guard, left tackle. That's the strength of that team. And I'll even talk yeah. about it later is that that's where they actually got the most success in this game. But when DeMarco was in, when he was on when he was on their best tackle, he was fine. He got pressure. He was able to contribute and, you know, give them a look. But when he got on that other side and they flipped him and then they also brought in – they started doing more um, complex blitzes as well and bringing pressure. When they had the one-on-one, they couldn't. And this game just – it was just more proof that if you actually do put him on a a roster or in a position to make plays, he easily wanted the best defense lineman in the league. And it was just – it took them until the second half to figure it out. And I think that even them figuring out the second half wasn't enough. Like, I think damage had kind of already been done. Sec- well, second half, their offense didn't score. So, they really had nothing to do with their defense. Offense just did not score. But – Shout out to DeMarco Artis. <laughs> Just he did he had a really great game. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. We all know the results of last weekend's game, but let's explain which team won their game and which team lost their game. I'm only laughing because I already looked at the first game. Uh, Butchers versus Wolverines. I think I can speak <laughs> both of us when we say the Butchers won. The Wolverines never really had a chance. But uh, what did you see in this game that is worth discussing for a couple of minutes? Uh, just the just the excitement and just the uh the chemistry that the butchers are gaining from uh, these wins that they're getting. Brandon Gwinner, you know the, the points they're putting up him and Mickey Kai, good combo uh, with with along with the young receiver cast. Uh, the butchers' offense are now turning into something to pay, not just pay attention to, but something to respect. And I think uh yeah, playing against the Wolverines is it's you look at it, but you don't kind of like harp on it like that, but I don't want to take away from the fact they do have um, guys that can make plays. What I do want to see, though, is if this same play will continue uh, throughout the rest of the season and into the playoffs because that's where it really matters. You know, it's right now the, the, the pre – I mean, not preseason, but the season, the regular season is for Instagram. That's what that is. That's, that's for Instagram <laughs> highlights and – and we want to put nice pictures up and nice quotes and memes and all this stuff right here. But if this doesn't translate into you going to the playoffs and and and, and potentially having a chance to win, it don't really mean anything. So the butchers are enjoying it. I think they're getting better. Um, it's hard to get it's hard to get better or notice things that you're doing wrong when you're playing against teams like the Wolverines. So I think they get nothing from watching this film. Um, but we do. We get to see highlights. Um, and and that's what I think they gave us. But yeah, I won't harp on the, the game too much because I don't think it was really that a hard of that hard of a task for them to do. They did come in, they did put up a lot of points, they did give some guys some some playing time, and that's what you want to do in games like this. Um, but I'm not gonna harp on the win too much. I mean, the butchers, congratulations. Um, but we all know 
what what situation the Wolverines in right now. But you guys came in, you scored a lot of points, and you got some confidence in a lot of your players. And hey, you got the one, you got the win. So that's yeah. that's about all I see it as. Pretty much glorified bye week. I, all I want to talk about with the Butchers was Naughton, and I already talked about him. Um, let me see what I got in my notes. Oh, defense. Uh, Butcher's defense was surprisingly not as stout as I expected it to be. Again, mm-hmm. I only watched first half because it was 35 to 7 and a half. I don't watch second half for blowouts. But even in that first half, the Wolverines, their offense was able to run the ball. They were able to move the ball with the run game. And then, of course, once they get out of hand, they have to try to pass the ball. Obviously, you can stop their pass game easily because they can't stop a pass rush. But I was I saw a little bit of a you know chink in the armor for the, the butchers defense against the run game. And I don't think the stats are gonna show it because in the second half they were able to, you know, basically disseminate the Wolverines because it's the Wolverines. But we'll see what happens, you know. Dallas Cowboys usually do well against teams they should do well against. And this was one of the games they should do well against, and they did a good job. Uh, one thing I want to say about the Wolverines, the Wolverines fumbled the ball on the opening kickoff. On the first play, they fumbled the ball and gave it to the Butchers. That was the last chance they had to win this game. And it kind of just sums up, like, how the game was going to go. Like, it, like When they fumbled that ball on that first play, I was like, yeah, that, that, that tracks for how the Wolverines want to play in this game. And that's how the game went. They pretty much just, you know, that was it. That was the end of it. That was that was the, I guess it was like three or four seconds that they had the ball. For those three or four seconds, the Wolverines were tied in this game. From that moment after that, they pretty much were losing. And that was the end of it. Next game up, Helsinki Roosters versus UNC Crusaders. It was a nail biter. You know what happened at the score. And if you don't, you can look it up on our Instagram channel where we put out the scores. We don't talk about scores here on the podcast. But it was close. And again, I don't think you can really – I think it's pretty obvious, but did the Roosters lose this game or did the Crusaders win this game, Q? (laughs) The Roosters lost this game. What? <laughs> the Roosters lost this game. I, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> and I'm being real. I'm gonna be real with you, bro. I'm gonna be real with you. I think the Roosters were the better team yesterday. I mean that game. I think the Roosters were a better team, um, because they actually didn't panic. Um, and that's not just saying that, but they didn't panic. But they came in at halftime and they adjusted. They came, yeah. they, they stuck with they, they stuck with what they're gonna do. Um, they got some success. It wasn't the 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 big success that we've been waiting on, that breakout Roosters team on offense. We still ain't got that yet. Still ain't got that yet. But they did enough against a team like UNC who has two way players. And when you have two way players, it takes away all the time on each on, on some type of ball when you play a DB and he just ran seven, eight players on offense and then you got to come play safety, which the first thing you're going to do, you're going to back up 15 yards probably. Yep. And put, you're going to put yourself out of position. <laughs> you're going to put yourself out of position. So a lot of times where you really could have been more on your game, you're not because you've been playing both ways. So the Roosters actually took advantage of, of what they needed to take advantage of and they found those matchups 
when they needed to. Um, precisely a play, I'm, and, and I like to do my friends like this, RJ, my friend. But I, I, the reason I said that is because on one of the, the deep balls that that um, um, the, uh, Kittner caught, Kittner, yeah, it it was a go route on the corner. Well, mm-hmm. they were already in trips on the other side, which means the safety on the one safety side. If he's not watching the number three receiver do a post, the only other thing you should be looking at is what this number one is doing. But this number one should never get deeper than your corner. Yeah, and I know that happens because you're tired and you're not like really like you you're bagging up, but you know like, man, you, you hoping that they're not throwing this way. Yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah, you can do. To play like, off. Yeah, like man, let me just go out and hope he don't throw it. But he ended up throwing it, so now you got to dig to try to run and help. But by that time, you know, Buddy had already separated from the corner. But I'm saying to say this: UNC won strictly off of our our players in certain positions, import wise were just better. They were just better than it, what the Roosters had on defense. And isn't that what UNC did last week too, right? Like that's I mean, that's exactly that's, but that's what you that's what you that's what you go off of. I mean at the end of the day, I always said this go where your money is. Go to mm-hmm. the people who you paying. At the end of the day, go to the people who you paying because it you pay them to make these type of plays and make them earn their money. Make them earn it. And that's what that's what UNC do. They go to their best players, they get a ball to their best players, and you got the best chance of winning when your best players are touching the ball. As simple as that. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but every other team, if they do that, like if they do that, like the guy that you actually brought in here to do certain things, let him do it. And if you lose, you lose, but it's not because he's not being productive or they're not being productive. And I think UNC just – the Roosters had the game in the bag for the most part. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Terrible, terrible turnover. Mm, talk about it. <laughs> on both sides. On both sides. But the yeah. Roosters turnover, I just – I'm flabbergasted on that one. I'm flabbergasted. Who was he throwing to? That's what I want to know. He, he explain it for the people that don't know what we're talking about. They're running a the play. He pumps fakes, but he throws it. Like, it's like he – he has a – matter of fact, uh, Sammy is wide open. Mm-hmm. Pumps it and throws it straight to the UNC. Like I don't mean like, like I thought you were supposed to be there. Like it did. Yeah, there's no one like else there. You didn't even see <laughs> your receiver, and you threw the ball to their team. Almost like, like, like it's unexcusable. That that is unexcusable because I can see if you, uh, my, my guy was supposed to run a hitch or something like that, and he just wasn't there. But bro, you looked at the man and then threw the ball straight to him. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't. I don't know what he was thinking during the game, but I know if I was your teammate, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna get through this. But I'm gonna be like, bro, it ain't like like we've been we've been riding with you all season, bro. And then this is it, what you do to us. It this is what look, you, do. you know what you got funny? the game in the bag. <laughs> what what's funny is probably when, when he did that, the Roosters receivers was probably like, damn. Well, it is what it is. And Crusaders was like, yeah, we used to have that same problem a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the, the difference is, the difference is one team, and let's talk about these two teams. The difference is the UNC looked at their out their 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 offense and said, Hey, our quarterback's hurt or whatever it is, he can't get the job done. Um, so we gotta make a change. And I always say if you can make the change early, the better. Uh, the Roosters chose not to make that quarterback change. 
Um, they chose to keep their quarterback and change receivers. It's paying off for one team. Not their team. And we can, <laughs> but not their team. <laughs> it paid off for UNC to change their oh, quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah, to make a change, yeah. To make that change because you say, hey, start over now, lose four games and try to start over because now we know you're going to stay with him now. Stay with him now because you got to. You may have changed that receiver after you took your third loss, but you, you, you took a third loss. So you're like, okay, well, now we're going to change this. Like, no, that wasn't what you need to change. You need you need somebody who can get your offense going. You, can, you need somebody that can command stuff on offense that's not turning the ball over, that's that's making good decisions throwing the ball and putting your, putting your players in the best possible position to score points. And the Roosters did not do this constantly. I feel like at the, at the break, like, it was obvious there was – you know, at the break, a little bit before the break, I guess, because UNC, I think, changed before the break. It was obvious at a certain time of the season there was three teams that needed to change their quarterback situation. The yeah. Crusaders, the Roosters, and the Steelers. Yeah. Crusaders the only team that changed their quarterback situation. Yeah. And now, the Roosters and Steelers both went very similar routes. We're going to lean on the run game and see what that does for us. Yeah. It just it, it sucks. I mean, it's it's – Watching it, it sucks because I I truly feel like the Roosters lost the game because when you yeah. got when you got up, when you got up, all you have to do now is just say, hey, we 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 just gotta buckle down. We've seen you in these type of games. We know that you usually win these type of games. But yeah. what I seen was just for one, Robert Johnson. I seen that for one, the the greatness of this man mind too. I gotta respect him too because they put together an offense. And he's seen things against the Roosters' defense that he knew he could take advantage of. And what did he do? He did exactly that. When they had to come back down and score to take the lead, say, you know what, I, I see. But then that there goes your imports. Now you've got the Cedric Johnson, who've been in these positions before, who who aren't panicking, who's not nervous, who if the ball comes to me, I'm going to catch it. I don't care who on me. And this is what's happening. And then you go for two to show the big kahunas. Yeah. You show the big kahunas. You say, we're not trying to tie the game with y'all because our guys are gassed. And they didn't even, like, think gassed. about it. Like, when they scored, immediately. They called timeout. No, they called timeout. He called timeout. Oh, okay. Give him a little break. He called timeout. He said, all right. Because RJ, RJ and Sid was, like, on the sideline, like, dead tired. I've seen both of them, like, they, they dead tired. Slater, dead tired. He called timeout. Said, okay, here we go. Went for two. Now they get RJ on the easy, extra two, and then it's over. So it's like, if you couldn't pull this one off, the Roosters needed this game bad. They needed it. They needed They needed this game bad. Like, almost like you got to treat this like a playoff game. And I, I think they did in the second half, but it was, it was just at that point, you had it, but it's just like too late. It's like, well, why can't you start games off this way and – and try to get up instead of trying to fight back because UNC, as they were going, UNC was they they did more than probably expected as far as taking the lead and keeping the lead and keeping the Roosters out of the out of the, out of the end zone. Yeah, but the Roosters had three drives that didn't end in touchdowns or any points. Then missed the field goal. True. Yeah. So you think hey, you got three red zone drives that you don't score on? Like how? And and, and that goes to. Um, you could say half coach and half quarterback because it is. It is. Like red zone, you're supposed to be coach. I got this. 
Hey, yeah, coach, I, got I got it. it. I'm going to do this. I, got I know this. exactly how we're going to score in the saying? red zone. Uh, no, we, uh, yeah, it's like you got to get it to that point, but it's not there. The chemistry's not there between him, the OC, and the quarterback, but they're trying to stick through this. And it's like you could have just made a change early because, for one, your quarterback was throwing the ball to the other team more than he was throwing to your team. I mean, I can go, we, we can go down the film. I, can, I, mean, I'm not, I know I'm not trying to shake him down or just really go at him like that, bro, but it's a business. And when you're trying to win, you have to make changes like this. Every other league do it. Yeah. The ELF change. I see t- quarterback changes every week. They change. They change players like they change underwear out there. It's about uh, winning. It's not about being loyal. It's not. No, yeah. it's, it's not about oh he knew so and so and we want to give him a shot and all that. It's about putting your team in the best possible uh, uh, predicament to win games. And if you're looking at the same film that me you. And this ain't coming from nobody that didn't play football. We're watching the same film y'all watch. The slam breaking down the same film y'all looking at. You don't need to know. You don't need to know anything about film once you saw that play. And if you if you haven't seen the play, and you're like, well, they talking about something I can't see. Go to the uh, Vatra memes page on Instagram because they put it up like ten minutes after it happened immediately. And I mean, like, there's it's one of those plays where you don't have to know the game. To be like something's wrong here, <laughs> like this is, something's this is wrong about what just happened. Kicking the ball in the, uh, in in their own goal, yeah, <laughs> it's equivalent to that basically. It's like like the Maple League. It, I mean, I don't want to say you know it's not a professional league; it's it's a hobby league or whatever. But it's not full of bloopers. You don't see a mm. whole bunch of plays where you're just like, "Is this even football?" You don't see that a lot in the Maple League. And with the Roosters quarterback this season, you see that a lot. You see a lot of plays where you're just like, it just don't make sense. Like, why that happened like that? And yeah, he's the root cause of it. Like, I don't I I'm not blaming the coaching. I'm not saying the receivers. I'm not like it's one player. That's the issue. And I don't want to pile on. I wanted to, but you did such a good job. I don't want to pile on. But all I'm gonna say is that the Roosters came back from the break. And they did not fix the issues that they had had and needed to fix. Their issue, again, the quarterback is the issue. If that's not what you fix, your next number one issue is your defense. They yeah. didn't fix their defense. They didn't change anything. Their linebackers still getting beat on a read option play. The Crusaders came out and ran the read option like eight times on the first drive. Eight times in a row. They was killed on the first drive. And I was like, come on now. That's all that's all linebacker play. That's that's all linebacker and edge. And all it was was he was just running to the edge and linebacker was like 50 yards away before yeah. he even got close to touch. Or, 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 or the defensive end was going after the running back every time. Yeah, or the defensive end had no of awareness of that, yeah. of that concept. Which again, those are things that you needed to fix during the break, was having yeah. you know players that knew what they were doing. And then you yeah. got your, your cornerbacks getting just done in. And even looking more at the cornerbacks, when it was one-on-one, them fades, them verticals, yeah, they losing every time. But then you have the Crusaders, they're catching posts, post routes in the middle of the field, and we can't find a safety. I don't know what actually Olin was. The screen, Seth's Seth's screen was ridiculous. (laughs) Where the defense? I'm not saying he ain't good because I know he's good, but I'm just like, whoa, he put a – he turned a, a juice on, and I was like, wait, they are going to tackle him, right? Like, right here? 
and then he just takes off, and I'm like, wow, like the Roosters are in bad shape. And as if like nobody, usually you got one guy on your on your defense who's like usually run down players, yeah. who like always seem to be around and be be saving touchdowns, but like they don't have that right now. The the best and that, the that best hurts. defensive player for the Helsinki Roosters is William Little. Their nose tackle. Their nose tackle. He can't yeah. run down that all the plays. Be. Like all he can yeah, do is. Right. But he did ball. He did middle. make some big plays. He did make some big plays. Yeah, he he, was, he did, did his job. Yeah. But the yeah. problem is your safeties are eighty five years old. Your linebackers they're seventy five, and then your your twelve year old cornerbacks they're not fast enough either. Like you had no speed on that defense. And every time you play against speed or talent, you lose, which is going to be every week. All the matchups was was speed and talent. Said said wasn't wide open on them on that fade. RJ wasn't wide open on that fade. They were both contested, but they're mm-hmm. better players. And you know that going in. If you look at the Roosters all year, their DBs aren't getting beat because oh they're just slow or they're just getting like done in. They're right they're, there. They're, yeah, they're there. But they're not yeah. there, if you know what I mean. Like, there's a difference between good and great. They got good DBs. They're young. That's why they're good. They won't be great until they get more experience. Roosters don't have time to be wasting right now with letting games come down to that. This game came down yeah. to, at the end of the game, you knew that they were going to throw a ball against an inexperienced DB. And you did nothing to change that, knowing that that was your your biggest defensive weakness. They they changed nothing about their defense to help those kids out. And I guess I'm blaming the Roosters team organization. I don't know who's making these calls, and I don't care. But I do know that they won't make it into the playoffs if they continue to play like this. I think that both of those young cornerbacks are decent. They're just young. And that's not their fault that they're out there getting done in and they have no help. Their safeties are a little too old. And you could tell by looking at how the safeties are playing that they're playing very far off. They're playing very conservative. And what it leads to is your young cornerbacks looking like they don't know what they're doing. And yeah. That's what we saw from them. Uh, man, again, every time we talk about the Roosters, we'll be on here for eight days in a month. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I know. They, I know. The defense is what they need to fix, and they didn't. And as long as they don't fix their defense, this is the type of games they'll always lose. When it comes down mm-hmm. to it, they don't have the right personnel to stop the other team. And we can blame their quarterback all we want to, but it's always going to come down to this. It was 29 to 28. You gave up a couple of touchdowns, which don't sound like a lot, but you only can score a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. And again, they're playing the Crusaders. If they could have scored more points, the Crusaders would have scored more points. Like, it, it's not one of them things where, oh, if they would have scored 40, they would have won. No, if they would have scored 40, Crusaders would have scored 41. Like, that's just how yeah. the Crusaders play. <laughs> I'm trying to get off the Roosters, man. Let me talk about the Crusaders because I felt like I might just pick the Crusaders for every game now because if you can live <laughs> through that and get the win, I ain't mad at you. Like, yeah. I, I wrote I wrote on my notes for Crusaders, first half explosion, second half survival. First half, they come out with the read option. They get yards. RJ had three catches and a touchdown on the first drive. He had no more stats for the rest of the game. Mm. No more stats for the rest of the game. Yeah, they went away. Kind of like they went away from him after that. He playing like defense, they, he and they, defense. They put him back yeah. into slot. In that first drive, he was playing wide out. After that, they put him back into the slot on the same side as Cedric. 
I guess so he could rest because he's playing safety for the rest of the game yeah. as well. They do the, the screen pass to um, Seth Rowland, like you said, big play. All that did was alleviate RJ and um, Slater having to play receiver for more reps mm-hmm. during the drive. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good play. And then they had a, a strip, uh, Andy Vetta stripped somebody, and they got a turnover, which gave them a, a short field. Say it gets a touchdown pass. They moving. Even though they were down at half, you felt like, okay, it's going to be okay. They're going to they're gonna be able to pull this out if they keep it close. And then in the second half, they just survived. They did just enough. You saw, I mean, I wrote it down in my notes, fourth quarter, looking at Slater and RJ playing safety. They just backing up, backing up and breathing. Backing up, and breathing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> backing up and breathing. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you and can it, do. Literally. And it's like, okay. I was a little bit like I didn't know who I wanted to win this game. I think I chose – did I choose the Roosters? No, I think I chose UNC. I don't remember who I chose. But I really – I was watching the game like, well, the Roosters should win. And if they win, that actually is good for, like, the league. But I don't think UNC might win. Who knows? And in the fourth quarter, the quarterback for the Roosters just gives them the ball. That <laughs> saved the Crusaders. I don't care what anybody said. That saved the Crusaders when the other team just give you the ball, just throw you the ball. Mm-hmm. And now you're on offense instead of defense. And they're able to, you know, they know that, okay, at the end of the game, all we have to do is score once. All we have to do is yeah. score. And they're like, that's easy. We can nickel and dime them down the field. And they did. And they get down the field at the end of the game. Our player is better than yours. We know it. We throw it to them. Then we go for two. And again, our player is better than yours. So we give it to who we know is better and you score. And I mean, afterwards, I know they had to get an ice bath between oh, said RJ and Curtis. Season. That's a lot of mileage. Yeah. So my whole season? Yeah. A lot, man. They got to play they, every game, all game. <laughs> they stacked up three wins like this. And this was one of those games they, they shouldn't have won. The Roosters yeah, should have yeah. been able to keep running the ball with that, with, I mean, their running back still had almost 200 yards in this game, and they lost. And yeah, we, but like, again, but, yeah, go ahead. But like we've been saying, um, and I and I and I picked UNC to win this game. I think a lot of us did actually. Yeah. And I think we picked them off of the fact because if it came down to it, UNC would probably pull it out because of their players, because of mm-hmm. the players they have on their team. If I got to choose or gamble or bet that. They're gonna make a play. It's probably gonna be them over the Roosters guys making a play, and a lot of it was based off of how the Roosters have been playing and the changes that they didn't make in, yep. in during the break. You said it. If, you, if, if, if we if we say, "Hey, Sammy's one of the best receivers in the country, and he barely getting three catches a game," like what are y'all seeing? That? And that goes back to the film. What are y'all seeing that we not seeing? Like, what are y'all looking at in the game that we're not looking at? Because everybody else can get the ball. If you tell me Brandon Gwinner can get the ball to to all of his receivers and nobody else can't, nobody else is, nobody else uh, True. can get the ball to their best players, you mean tell me you can't call players? Because I know that last drive when Rob then was, was driving, when USC was driving, I, I know Rob already know what's going to be open already. He already know where they're going. Like, it's like, all right, well, I know your linebackers can't cover for nothing. Nothing. Your DBs are young and small, so at the end of the day, I'm going to run these in routes. I'm going to run these slants. That's why they, they, they tried to do the one slant to Slater, 
and got chipped <laughs> up and said caught it. You know what I mean? And then they went back on the other side and ran like a little skinny post and went to say it, and he caught it. You know what I'm saying? And then went back to him for the touchdown. So it's yeah. like we we know we going in, in these times, but Roosters, what are, what are y'all like? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you don't want to put yourself in situations to where they've got to make the decision on who's there, who's getting the ball, because that's gonna put you in a bad predicament because you don't have those DBs to match up against them. So what you want to do is when you do have the lead and you do, hey, we got to make this work. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the that's the difference of it. Like you said, good good players and great players. And it came down to it, the Roosters just did not have the players to make the plays they need to make at the end of the game. And now, uh, USC three wins, uh, and the Roosters. Who only, only hey, if, if the Roosters going like this, and the only team you've beaten is the Wolverines, that's a bad place oh, to be. Last game of the weekend was the Wasser Royals versus Corpio Steelers. Another close one where if you know the score, um, you know the Steelers ended up with the win. Thoughts on this one? Who won or lost this one? Oh, yeah, that's tough. I picked I picked Corpio. Uh, but, but who won or lost the game? <laughs> Go ahead. Say it. I think Corpio won the game. You're wrong. I don't care what I you think, say. I think, Ain't no way. I think, Ain't no way. I think – I think Corpio won the game. Um, they created turnovers. Oh, I don't necessarily say created them, but they that's they were a, awarded. A, they were awarded turnovers. They, was, they were awarded a few turnovers. Uh, they were awarded a few turnovers, and, and any most of the time, the team that doesn't have the most turnovers end up winning the game or have a big high percentage of winning the game. They they and, committed zero turnovers. That's yeah, the best number and to have. They didn't, yeah, and they didn't turn the ball over. Uh, Ambro didn't have the most, you know, Ambroish. He had another Ambroish game, less mistakes. Um, but I think they relied on the run game, and which is what they should have. They did. He did make some good throws down the field. Nothing crazy, but enough to put them in to keep drives going. Enough to put them in good field position, and um, and then they, you know, they scored points. Uh. I just thought they would after the break. I just knew that their coaching staff would put them in a better position to win. Even though I don't, I I, I was expecting them to uh, make a change or either at running back or quarterback. I was expecting them to, but they didn't. And here we are. You know, they won the I, game. So I think it's one of those situations that um, I think different than what we talked about earlier with like the Roosters is we we want them to make a change because that's what it looked like they should do. But what they yeah. did was they kind of doubled down in what they already had. They knew what they had. I think it was one of those situations where in this game you saw them using the two guys that I said they would use, Noah Cho and Isaac Marshall, they're getting better. They're becoming a tandem. They're, they were legitimately really good running backs in this game. When, when we found out they weren't going to have Lee Anthony Reason over, we didn't know that. Like, no one knew that. No one knew that this was the route that they could go or that it would be possible and that it would be, you know, sustainable. Like, we we just did not have that information. They did. So, even though we're on, mm-hmm. we're on the outside in saying, you know, Steelers should do this, they should change this, they should do this, they probably were internally thinking, they just don't know. And that's cool because we know. And I, I applaud them for that because they, they know who they are as a team. They know what they want to do. And this game kind of was evidence of it. 
I still think that, you know, they're doing way too much with Ambrose. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, the zero turnovers, that is great. Because that's the kind of the best thing you can expect when Ambrose throwing the ball. But, again, I'm going to, to stats. The, the run game was great for the Steelers. Between Choate and Marshall, they had 180 yards rushing, two touchdowns, average 5.2, 5.3 yards a carry. You can you can win with them numbers. Almost 200 yards rushing, two touchdowns, five yards a pop. All you need is a pass here, pass there, and you're Gucci. The left side of their line between uh, Corhonen Corhonen at center, then you have Hebel at left guard and Steger at left tackle. See, I'm trying to learn their names. <laughs> but if you if you if you look at it like I do, number 73, 62, and 79, they were moving everybody. Like when they blocked, it was there were holes there, which made it a little bit easier for those running backs to you know make big plays, and the running backs have the vision and speed to make those plays. Again, the play selection. They didn't just, you know, run ISOs or just run a zone read. They had counters in there. There was traps, a lot of movement, a lot of pulling from side to side. They ran both sides of the ball. They kept the defense on their toes. The play selection played to their strengths of a strong offensive line and good running backs. So kudos to the Steelers coaching staff for putting together a game plan that was successful and then executing it. But again, you know, the entertainer in me, that passing offense still trash. Just trash. The quarterback was eight for 24. Mm. What is that? Like 33%? <laughs> eight for 24. And he, had, and he was sacked five times. Now, what's interesting is, you know, from what I just said, obviously I said they have a good offensive line. I might have spoke a little too largely about just the left side. Because that right side was giving up everything. And I said this earlier when I was talking about uh, DeMarco Artis, him and the young Khalifa, there was times where they were both on that left side. Neither one of them got blocked, which that don't make any sense. The defensive end and the linebacker in the gap, and neither one of them got blocked because the right guard didn't know who to block, and then the right tackle couldn't stop Artis if he tried. Like he just, there was no way he could stop. Those sacks, I, I want to give Amber a little bit of credit. Those weren't really on him. A lot of times when those sacks yeah. happen, he'd catch the ball and boom, they were all in there because half the line was pretty much folding and he had nowhere else to go. And when the Royals brought pressure, they got home. So there's not much that he could do about that from the quarterback position, but at least he didn't have any interceptions. Like that was the best part about their pass game is that they didn't turn the ball over. And they were able to be successful with the run game that they had based a lot on the fact they had a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities, which is why I can't really talk about the Steelers no more. I got to talk about, you know, the Royals who lost this game, five turnovers, all interceptions, 12 penalties, 104 yards worth of penalties, and just getting more into why I'm going to talk about the interceptions later, but they had eight drops. I counted eight drops, so they probably had close to like 10 or 11. I, that's eight drop passes, which if you know anything about football, when your receivers start dropping passes, you're less likely to throw it to them. 
And yeah. I think that's something that the Royals have to deal with every week because they still don't have a number two receiver. And this game kind of proved it because you had all those drop passes. And in between those drop passes, you got Tim Moravic just trying to force the ball to Alpha whenever he can. And that led to interceptions. It just led to interceptions, led to turnovers. And it's one of those, this is one of those situations in this game where the Royals have 400 yards offense. How do you lose a game? How do you lose a game with 400 yards offense? Five interceptions. How do you Ooh. throw five interceptions? Let's talk Force. about it. First interception, forcing it to Alpha in the end zone. Cost them seven points because they were in the red zone. Second interception, another force to Alpha on a screen play where you got to throw the ball in the dirt. If they own the screen, they know where the screen is going. He still threw it at Alpha, and the defender was standing in front of Alpha. Interception. Third interception, another forced pass to Alpha down the field. Fourth interception, he was trying to throw it to the new receiver. He wasn't really open. Bad throw. Last interception, he was trying to throw it to number 84. Uh, I think it's Korkamaki. He wasn't really open. Bad throw. Another interception. All the interceptions yeah. on the quarterback. None of these were, mm-hmm. oh, well, something happened. It was all bad decisions by the quarterback and even worse throws. A lot of them were just bad throws where, well, no, most of them were just bad. <laughs> were just why throw it? Why throw it there? Because he was trying to put the ball in places where people weren't even open. But it goes back to what I said earlier with the drops and the fact that half the catches went to alpha. Who are you going to throw it to? It's the same situation mm-hmm. that, the Royals had last time they played was this guy, this quarterback is throwing interceptions because he has no one to throw it to that he can trust besides number eight. Mm -hmm. We talked about earlier, had 200 yards in this game receiving. There's nothing more alpha could do for this team. They have to have someone else that can be reliable. And they brought in a guy from Italy. And I know it's his first game. He just got here. Blase, blase. They don't have time for all this. He had four drops by himself. They don't have time for that. They are, in jeopardy of not making the playoffs because they have nowhere else to go with the ball outside of Timothy Morvick running, Alpha Jallo catching passes and returns, and then Tom Swosey being able to run if possible. And in this game, the Steelers' defense was good enough to stop the run game. Swosey wasn't as effective as normal, so they had to throw it. But who's going to catch it? It's just a catch-22 for this team. When receivers weren't open, Timothy is forcing it in there, throwing picks. When receivers are open, they dropping the damn ball. So what you going to do? Lose. And that's what they did. They lost. They <laughs> lost the game. That, that's all you can do if – like when they have receivers open, they don't catch it. If they're not open, he throws it anyways, just hoping that something happens good. And normally if he throws his number eight, something good does happen. And that's when I looked at how many catches um, Alpha had again. Tim completed 19 passes. 11 of them went to Alpha. So the rest of the team had eight catches. Imagine if those eight catches were 16 catches because of the eight drops. Like it, we'd be looking at a different game. Before the drops, Tim is throwing 40. He's completing 40% of his passes. If they catch those drops, he's completing 56% of his passes. And most likely not going to throw five total turnovers. I mean, he still might. I don't know. But it's just one of those things with the Royals. They have the same situation that the Roosters had. You didn't fix your problems that you need to fix. Defensively, I think they did okay. It wasn't great. 
I mean, but what you gonna do? You if the, if your offense is giving them five extra possessions, eventually you're gonna <laughs> give up some points. There's nothing you can do yeah. about that. And they still yeah. only gave up what 20, 24 points. That's not bad. But if your offense can't stay on the field, they don't have any options, no, no reliable receivers to get the ball to. What are you doing? Why why did you, you do so much? Why did you go and get one receiver? Maybe you should have got two. <laughs> like maybe you should have hedged your bets. It was gonna be a chance that he was gonna come out, come out here and not be able to, you know, give you what you needed right away. I mean, you went and got an Italian receiver. Someone tell me in what world is a re- Italian receiver regarded <laughs> in high, you know, respect in the game of American football. The best Italian receivers in Toledo, Ohio, right now playing in a championship this weekend, playing mm. for those two um, Italian teams, which that's crazy by itself. The Italian championship is played in Toledo, Ohio. But I would assume that they probably have the best wide receivers. But, again, not the point. Yeah, the point I don't, is, yeah that was that – they tried to get him help. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't get better where they needed to. And I guess it's – again, I, I feel sorry for them more than upset at them. The Roosters, I felt like, didn't – they didn't try to get the help. The Royals tried, but they failed, or at least mm-hmm. they failed this week to get the necessary help that they needed. So that's my thought. They should have went and got Spencer. They still went and got Spencer Cullen. They would have got Spencer Cullen. They, he he played better than than the guy they just signed. Wearing his jersey. At least wearing he – Wearing his jersey, number, huh? his jersey too. Wearing his jersey yeah. number. That's why, jersey. that's probably why he dropped them passes. You can't just be wearing number 88 out there in, uh, what is it, Vasa? You can't be wearing number 88 yeah. out there and your name ain't Spencer Cutlin. Kicking field Only goals. Catching you can't kick no field goals either. At least oh, he was the punter, too. Field goals. He uh, was the punter. They're looking terrible. He was the punter for them, though. So, I mean, I guess he was, that's the problem. They need to call Spencer Cutlin. The Royals need to call Spencer Cutlin, get him out of retirement for these last, well, actually for the next week and a half because they got like eight games. That, yeah, he's still he's still in shape. He's still playing football. So yeah, he out there. He's killing the UK guys. Y'all fly him out for a weekend. I promise you, he ain't dropping nothing. You nothing. you can bank you can bank on it, buddy. It's <laughs> 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 just not nothing else you can say. You can't win a game with five interceptions. Yeah. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, Q? Well, that's it, baby. Let's get into the weekend. Let's get into the week. I'm in the city week. But uh, happy, happy 4th of July from America to all y'all out there, for sure. Oh, yeah. Even though that. we celebrate Juneteenth more so now than July 4th, but still shout out to July 4th. Why is that? Well, I ain't going to say why is that. I'm going to leave Juneteenth and 4th of July alone. Personally, <laughs> as long as – You got to pick. Long, you got to pick. As long as somebody barbecuing I'm – from, I'm from Texas. People have been celebrating Juneteenth. Like, this is not new to me like it is to the United States. Like, people in Michigan just now found out about Juneteenth. I've been known about Juneteenth. Juneteenth always happened where I'm from. 
So it's not like a new thing for me. We do Juneteenth and Fourth of July. I grew up yeah. doing Juneteenth. I just didn't know why they, it was only black people. I just thought it was because of where I lived. But I figured it out later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and none of my neighbors do nothing. None of my neighbors ain't do no barbecue. I said, I knock on their door like, damn, y'all don't care? <laughs> <laughs> y'all don't care? All right. All, well, all I ask yeah. is that if you don't know what Juneteenth is, do not give people watermelon and fried chicken. That's all I ask. Just don't do that. Just don't do yeah, that and say, give okay, hug, Juneteenth. Give them a hug. That'd do give, more. Yeah. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. But, but that's it for this show. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T-I-F. We go. Here we go. American football in Finland.